Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make New Haven tick. We've got a gentleman on the air today who has made New Haven tick for a long time, and actually, he makes this radio station tick. Tom Ficklin was one of the inaugural hosts of a WNHH Community Affairs program when we launched in 2015, and it's still going strong. It's one of our best shows and uh, such an important part of our city. But we're not here to talk about that. Today, Tom is on the other side of the console because Tom is also an alder, a New Haven City alder. He has been since last year when he was uh, succeeded, an alder who um, retired midterm, Shafiq Abdu Sabor in Meaver Hills 28th Ward in New Haven. And, and Tom did this as sort of an elder statesman of New Haven after a whole career as a writer and thinker and community person. And now he's uh, decided that after finishing that term, he's going to momish run for a whole term. He's actually going to continue being in the game. And uh, Tom Ficklin is going to talk about that today. Thank you so much for coming on the air, Tom Ficklin. It's an honor to switch mics with you and ask you the questions. And we're not going to slip back, by the way. You're the guest, okay? <laughs> Paul, good, good afternoon. and good, good afternoon. Glad to be here. <laughs> Tom Ficklin, so you're finishing your first term as Alder, War 28. There was a, a need. Someone had to step up. You did. You see what it's like after a whole career in public life, but not as an elected official. Why did you decide, Tom Ficklin, that you're actually going to run for a full term now? You're actually going to do this thing. You keep doing this thing. Why are you running again? Paul, you're absolutely right. I actually filed papers to run again this past January. Just to, just to let people know that that wasn't just fulfilling uh, the remaining months of, of Shafiq's term, and and uh, whether he whether you want to say retired or resigned, what you know one can quibble over the, 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 those semantics. Uh, in terms of the, what motivated me, it's it's a long story, and it's, but it's tough to be brief about it. I'll, I'll I'll say this, and we only have 25 minutes, so I'm going to have to answer your questions probably very cryptically, and uh, some people might think uh, not fully but people can call me email me for further information about why I'm or we could do fewer questions he goes well no do, right do whatever you want <laughs> okay. uh, so why are you running again why so, stick so, it in so uh, I would say when I saw the article in the New Haven Independent uh, that evening on a Thursday of Shafiq's r r resigning I did not have a cognitive thought I, I'm a pretty brainy guy in my mind I'm not trying to say I'm overly intellectual but I realize where my emotions go so I did not have an emotional, a, a brainy thought or a cognitive thought. I just had a feeling. So I had a feeling that I wanted to do it. So I can't really, I could elaborate and, and, and fantasize and describe perhaps what the cognitive words might have, might have been, but I just had a feeling that this was something I wanted to do. I won't say it was a calling. You hear, you hear a lot of the ministerial people talk about callings, but I, I, I won't say it was a calling, but I guess had a strong feeling, Paul, that this is something I wanted to do. Not based on my past, not based on based on previous jobs, just a, just a warm, it was even a warm feeling that I wanted to do it. So you did it, and you know, it's a hard job being an alder. Everyone calls you, complains about stuff, although it's nice to know people, you're also supposed to fix problems, you're dealing with citywide issues, you're dealing with block issues. And what's interesting to me, Tom, is some people become alder as a way to try to begin a political career. Justin right. Elker became an alder and immediately had his eye, what's my next office? And then there are other people like yourself who see it as sort of a volunteer opportunity. You've spent your life in the city, involved in the city, and sort of like, you know, you're stepping into a world to sort of help make decisions, not to sort of launch some career or seek power. 
did that happen? What was it like being an older for in a term? I, I, well, I, I would say just in terms of the first part of, of your of your question, in terms of the the psychological dynamic. I would say my therapist might have said that I chose to be an alder because of my age. Sal, Sal Punzo is the, is the oldest alder. I'm second. But so my point is that I think my therapist might have said, Tom, you probably threw your hat in the ring uh, because you were concerned about ageism and being kicked to the curb and the elderly not being respected. So it's probably my, my therapist would say it was something of, you know, are you still an old horse or can you still compete? Well, with the, the U.S. Young? Senate or in presidential campaigns, you guys would be the kitty core. And 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 and, 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 and off the record, and I hope people hear me clearly. Trump and Biden are my inspiration. If they can still be, remain in the public eye at their age, the AARP crew, the ageism crew, what does it mean about be a senior citizen? We need to lift up those two people and hear me clearly about they're still remaining civically active, regardless of their ideology and your opinion about them. How old are you, Tom? So I'll be seventy-five this coming July. You mean so you're seventy-four? And I, I phrase it that way, just to kind of phrase that I think you want to th- you want to think about life as aspirational, mm-hmm. uh, visionary, future thinking, and not just locked into th- to the current day. So Tom Ficklin, Alder Beaver Hills, finishing a partial first term, running for a full second term. I think you're going to win, Tom, given that no one's running against you. But that's just a theory. No, no one's running against me. You can write in the vote. And that's true. You, you can write in, and Julia, my wife, will hopefully vote for me, and I'll certainly. I mm-hmm. consider voting for me, so hopefully Excellent, we'll have at least Tom. two votes. So, Tom, what was the what was your highlight of your first term, the moment that sticks out most in your mind? Yeah, this is the thing where I think I respect the phraseology of your question, but I think you got to look at life as being a learning experience. Every day is a highlight. Every every call I get is a highlight. In terms of categorizing and and uh, rating what was most the highlight or the low life, all these events in your life I think accumulate. There's something you can learn from. So. Every Fair day. point. Can mm-hmm. you just pick one at random, not the most? So pick a moment that said, this is why I do this. This is where I made a difference. This is why I like it. This is why I want to run again. Uh, it's, it's tough. I'll, I'll say some of the, uh, with the last, over the last year, the last 14, 15 months, having getting feedback from, direct feedback from the various department heads, getting various feedback from the constituents. I had a lady that sh- shared with me a list of sidewalks that she walked through the, walked through the ward, took pictures, and identified the sidewalks <laughs> that needed to be repaired. So I have a lot of folks in terms of civic engagement, whether you have a political uh, designation or if you're a ward chair or whether you're an elected official, whether you're just a citizen, folks uh, throughout the 4,500 4, people in, the, in Ward 28 that have just kind of come, come to my rescue. They're well, my what happened with sidewalks? Uh, in ter- terms of what happens with sidewalks, as you know, uh, sidewalks have been an issue, I think, from the invention of sidewalks in cities. And so in terms of the... the uh, the repair of sidewalks in the city, that's a, that's a systemic issue. It's a systematic issue. And so you, when I say, when you say what, what, what happened, there are some sidewalks in Ward 28 that are designated for repair, but there are sidewalks throughout the city that are designated for repair. One thing I've noticed this term, Tom, is you show up. Whether it's new courts in Edgewood Park, whether it was um, the, uh, I remember there was a shooting that really upset people on, I believe it was Winthrop. And you were out there doing something you kind of used to when you weren't in Alder, which is letting people know about stuff. You got people out that there were going to be off police officers and mental health people knocking on doors. And you had people out knowing that and walking along. And I noticed you like at the special services district when they're talking about what you can do about vacant properties. Right. Do you see that this kind of what is like a continuation of showing up and getting good information to people so they could be involved in their city? Is that sort of your main calling? Uh, the... I had a chance to teach for two years at, at Gateway Community College in terms of communications. 
And as you know, I've been involved with, with the radio station since 2015 and the inner city before that and communications officer for the Empire New Haven. And actually, Paul worked for uh, the Urban League back here in New Haven from 1975 to 1978 as director of health and education. Uh, th- these t- we have these terms, civic engagement and, and uh, uh, being polite to people and, and uh, being in the game. Whatever word you want to use, this, 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 the, life, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness is an evolving situation. It's just not a dream. It's not just an MLK dream to be... To be a daily walk, I think you have to be in the daily walk, the daily run, the daily. So I've been kind of an, I'll use the term addict or passionate or committed or even crazy uh, to uh, remain be- believing that there's something. If, 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 if you're at a place in your life, and I've been blessed in being in places in my life to be, to be external more than internal. I think that's the key, Paul. Every job I've had, I've had the opportunity to be uh, in the public eye. I will say every job I, I've had has been a result of, of social social discrimination and government intervention. You know, the one issue that's risen in your ward since you've been the alder is the future of the armory on Goff Street right across from the park. It's unused, it's huge, it has a lot of potential and a lot of challenges. There have been community meetings you've taken a real part in about what should be the future. Do you have any thoughts, Tom, of what you'd like to see happen with the armory? Yeah, in terms of the armory, let me just mention as a backdrop in terms of War 28, we're rich with people, and we're rich, rich with uh, institutions, and we're with, rich with energy. If you think of of the of the armory and what that vision might be, that 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 if you think of the monopoly board, if you will, of War Twenty Eight. If you think of Bethel Church, which is uh, almost two hundred years old, celebrating its two hundredth anniversary. If you think of the Field House, if you think of of uh, Bowen Field, if if you think of Next Haven, just as an example. Uh, you think of Beulah Land, Beulah Heights Church is in War 28, and, and not only the church, which is celebrating its uh, 100th anniversary next, next, next month, but also the Development Corporation. So we have, P- and, and get them boy, go get them boy boxing grip. You think of that War 28, there's so many rich uh, infrastructure, rich institutions, rich people in terms of our economic wealth. A lot of people that live in, in War 28 make a, a good, good sum of money. Uh, so the, the armory is just another example of where we have city assets that need to be uh, re- redefined, reimagined, re- re- utilized. It, my, my sense is, and Eli Rubin folks should reach out to me and I can share with you the great, tremendous work that Eli Rubin and his folks at Yale have been doing in terms of uh, vision, envisioning what this new asset, asset can be. And if you think of, again, that the armory in particular... Um, You land, have like a land, of what you land, think. land, land is not land is a precious commodity. So, mm-hmm. so we we always have to kind of think of how we can uh, re- revive and resurrect uh, institutions that are no longer needed. You know, I love the the tour you just gave us of the wards. I never realized so many cool things were in Ward Twenty. I mean, the boxing gym. I mean, Next Haven's this amazing new arts center right on um, County Street. And you got the uh, you got the Beulah Heights building that whole new development there. I didn't realize that was in your ward. And you got the field house. So much cool stuff goes on. You know, citywide alder, alders also look citywide issues. Before we went on the air, you referenced back in the 90s a series of articles in the New Haven Independent called City for Sale. And there were a bunch of scandals involving ethics, uh, breaches in city government that were kind of endemic and then dealt with by the alders, actually, with a bunch of laws and public financing. I got the sense of you, Tom, and tell me if this is accurate, that on your time of on the board now, you've picked up from constituents that there's still a feeling 30, 25, 30 years later that the city's still for sale. Tell yeah, me about that. Yeah, I think this is, I mean, this goes back to the founding of 
of this uh, landmass that you know, in honor to the uh, to, to the Quinnipiac folks. You had folks that that came over here and and seized, took, killed for for the space, and then you know did not kind of honor the folks that they uh, or pay back in terms of people they took took the land from. So I think this American motif of who owns the world, who owns the United States, who who's in charge and who isn't. That's that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a continual dynamic uh, w- worldwide. So yeah, uh, there are people that still feel that we, we, we hear these 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 plain these 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 vanilla stereotypes about gentrification and and uh, other things. But really, black, black the issue of black removal, the the, the issue of indigenous removal, the addi- the the the, uh, the, the, the the thought that can we all pursue life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness? That's that's what makes politics go around, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tom Ficklin, what about the issue of homelessness? That's coming to stark relief. You already knew there was a big issue before you came to Alders with the lack of affordable housing in New Haven. A lot of it's being built in your ward now to address that. But what's coming to public view in New Haven, as in cities throughout the country, from Seattle, Portland, even in Billings, Montana, um, the, there are these homeless encampments that it's spilling over. There's more homelessness. It's more visible. And c- cities and lawmakers like yourself have been faced with the question, not just how do we do, build more affordable housing, but how, what, how do we deal with people who don't want to go into housing? They want to camp outside. A lot of them have severe mental health and drug addiction uh, challenges, and that some don't for sure. Where, how do you feel about these tent encampments? Should they be left up? Should there be a certain place they go? Should we have safe injection sites attached to them? As you've watched citywide, luckily I haven't seen it in your ward, but you know we've seen it citywide by the boulevard. We've seen it citywide even on the green. We saw it um, on. What, what, what's your take on it? What should we do? Paul, I know we only have twenty, like maybe ten more minutes to go. So, um, what I'm about to say, I don't want to be be perceived to be a communist or a socialist. Uh, That's allowed. But um, so, ask yourself. What would we need to do to put everybody that works for the for the housing authority in New Haven out of work? What would mm. we do to what what has to happen to abolish the need for Karen Boys Walton and her staff? So, uh, what and what is Section Eight? You know, so there's there's ways to to structure uh, buildings and and to provide living space for folks that the government has to kind of intervene. So Section Eight is is one example, and uh, the government pays part of that. To the, to, the, to the private property person, and then the uh, the individual pays another amount based on their limited income. But my point is that I was at the National League of Cities last year, and you're right. This, this the, the the quote unquote homelessness problem, whether it's whether it's migration into across the border, whether it's uh, uh, people being whose lives was being destroyed in, in Afghanistan, uh, this 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 issue of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, government role, financing is uh, something that we can't, can't neglect. Let me jump to this. Why is it that the American dollar is perceived to be the strongest in the world? I mean, we're, I, I didn't sign on to say that if I'm in Nigeria, that my, my, I have to buy uh, you know, 500 lira or something, to, or naira rather, to, to equate to $1. So the economic system, as we do, and I'm not, being, I'm not saying that racial capitalism is, is predatory, people will use that phrase, but I will suggest that we're at, a new, we're at, a, we're at an evolving stage of what this economy mean and i'm not t- trying to talk about marx and angles but we really have to look at uh w- what is valued uh and how we uh, disseminate true value and fair value across the board tom ficklin is a first term alder in beaver hills looking for a second term in his own right and facing no opposition which suggests that um war 28's cool with the representation they've been getting tom ficklin 
What about um, the rollout of legal recreational cannabis in New Haven? We've seen a whole bunch of dispensaries approved. Right. We've seen an, an attended smoke shops, which are the big uh, right. business in town. How do you feel about the way it has been rolled out in New Haven? Who has the dispensaries, where they are, the proliferation right. Is this the way it should be done? Right, right, right. Um, Paul, this, this issue of plant medicine, again, as you, when I came on the show, when, uh, thought when you, you could receive your invitation and was pleased to kind of be here, I, I was, I'm committed to kind of trying to give some historical context answers because there's no one-offs here. This, this is a continual thing. So the issue of, of plant medicines, psychedelics, alcohol, tobacco, think of all these, these coffee, uh, tea, the stimulants that society and civilization has garnered, manufactured, commodified, and shared and, and sold to people to make us feel better. So the issue is deeper than, than cannabis or whether you're in tinctures or whether you uh, uh, like, like honey or whether you like THC. This issue is much deeper than than just the the. Although the, I was the, interested in hearing you and Harry talk about honey THC before we came on, and knew that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. So so, so on Monday, uh, Jordan Slaw Shower will be on the on the show at eleven o'clock, and we'll talk about uh, psilocybin slash mushrooms. But again, literally mushroom. We have plants that are, have been around for civilizations that have encouraged us uh, to be uh, to be better. There's also a lot of books out about sacred mushrooms. There's a lot of books about the uh, the sacred ecstatic religious experience being generated by kind of the elevation of the mind through these, uh, through, through plants. So to your specific question, yeah, it, uh, I think Hamden has a different position than New Haven in this regard, but w- whether it's uh, Hamden or New Haven or, or Boston or Massachusetts or, or Denver or Colorado, uh, th- this issue is not going to go away about the, the, the human desire to kind of uh, impact our consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, uh- I, I, I did. I did send a letter of support to one of the latest, the latest uh, uh, cannabis retail operations on in Fairhaven. I, I did submit a letter of support in that regard. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about the proliferation of smoke shops? Is that a good thing? Is it irrelevant? Is they legal? As I say, until we get a handle, until we kind of deep take the deep dive about what addictions, the human psychology, the need to feel to feel good. Uh, uh, you know, we tried prohibition, right, for a while, and we, we saw what happened there. Yeah. But again, alcohol is still killing people. Cigarettes are still legal. So it, it's more, it's, we can't just scratch the surface and look for a Band-Aid. These, yeah. some, the various things have metastasized over centuries. And some, some radical, I don't like the term radical, I don't want to use the term radical solutions, but we, we really have to take a holistic, new approach, an innovative, creative, and, and imaginative approach to what does it mean to be human. Mm, all right. Let me bring you back to the uh, today. We have a new superintendent of schools in New Haven. Our reading scores are very low. Um, they went down the pandemic. We have very high absenteeism. Do you think the school board is on the right track? And do you feel, do you have any ideas about what could or should be done differently in New Haven schools? Um, I'm going to do a show in, in a few weeks with uh, uh, a young lady who's a reading, reading specialist in this regard. And Jesse Turner has been kind enough to... Uh, co-host for me on several of my shows maybe 10 or so in the last 12 months uh listen to jesse tomorrow and jesse turner has been has been addressing this issue and why the reason i've been blessed to have guest hosts is that i don't know everything plus i need a break plus there are so many experts out here in terms of reading paul in terms of i'm going to stay on my philosophical tip the young people are rebelling young people are rebelling they're rebelling they're rebelling they're rebelling in their little ways and it's, I'm re, they're, they're upset, they're traumatized, they're, they're confused, 
Think of if you're a young person and the data you've, you've taken it from the external environment. So reading is a, is, is their, their, their lack, their, their, their reading scores are a reflection of the young people not, fi- not finding hope and faith in society. Not finding hope and faith in society. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's our duty to, to, to encourage them and, to, and, to, and create an environment that will encourage them to have hope and faith. Any specific thoughts about the school system? Are we doing reading right? Or do we, are we making the right efforts to reach out? In terms of the school system, we have to really understand, ask ourselves, does learning take place behind some walls between 8.30 to 5? Or does learning take place 24-7, 365? Mm-hmm. So, Tom, before I let you go, what overall message do you want to send about why you're running for re-election, why you would like folks to vote for you, and why you want to serve another term, long, thankless hours and meetings at the Board of Alders? Well, I wouldn't say there. See, this this is the this is the problem, Paul. It's not long and thankless at all. It's, it, it's <laughs> the you have to get it. You have to be a, either a masochist. You have to think that you're you can either watch a, a serial on Netflix or you can attend a meeting. Mm-hmm. You can you can watch the Giants on Monday night or you can attend a meeting. So I, I think it. And I'm not saying that, that the the meetings are uh, uh, entertaining, but I'm only suggesting that it we we it, it's a, I'm encouraging folks to kind of really analyze where do you find your satisfaction. Where do you find your mm-hmm. joy? Uh, wh- where do you find your, your entertainment? A lot of the meetings are entertaining. You see, you have, you have And cap- they matter. The issues being talked about really matter. I think in terms of governance, we want to really think about what does, it, what does the, a government mean? What does a governmental system mean today in 2020-23? Any thoughts on what it means? Yeah, it, it's, it's, an, it's an evolving paradigm of, of seeking freedom and liberation. All right. Well, that's a great note to end on. Evolving paradise seeking peace and liberation and meaning. Yeah, and li- yeah, freedom, liberation, and meaning. Freedom Absolutely. All right. Well, Tom, it's so I always love shooting the breeze with you and going wide. Thanks for uh, coming on the other end of the microphone before you return to your regular place asking the questions on WNHHFM. Alder Tom Ficklin. We're going to take a little break, folks, for about five minutes while Harry Dros uh, reorders the studio. I'm going to return with the crew from the Career Exploratory Program. Firefighters, police officers, and Board of Ed working together to give young people an early start on careers through mentorship and a better life. So hold tight while we listen to the Afro-Semitic Experience performing I Wish I Knew, How It Would Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. Thank you, Tom Ficklin. Good luck on this hard-fought campaign. And we'll see you on the other side. You might just make it through this this tough election year. No muds being flown. I like that in War 28.